The Mishnahis continue to talk about Nagoim which appear on items of clothing, and when things are connected to that item of clothing, what is considered to be a connection and one item, such that if the main item of clothing becomes Tomei, that will become Tomei together with it, what is considered to be separate from it, and the Mishnah will cite a few examples. Nira Beshesi Ha'imid, if the nega, the tsaras, appears on the vertical threads that are standing stretched between the upper beam and the lower beam of a weaving machine, and we're discussing a scenario where a lot of the material has already has already been woven, and the owner's intention is not to continue weaving, which means that all of these remaining threads that are still stretched there and waiting to be woven, are shortly going to be cut off, and the owner does not plan on keeping them as a part of the main garment. Because of that, although they are currently connected, since the intention is for them not to remain connected and they are not part of the main material that has already been woven, Ha'orig Tahar, so the part which has already been woven will remain pure, and only those threads which are stretched over there would become Tomei as something which has saras on it. Likewise, if Nira Ba'orig, if the Nega appeared on the woven part of the material of the threads, Hashesi Ha'ime Tahar, the rest of the threads that are still stretched across the weaving machine, that will remain pure. Second example of the Mishnah, Nira Ba'sodin. If the Nega appears on a sheet, and on the edge of this sheet are fringes, parts of the edges of this item of clothing, which dangle downwards and are left there for decoration. These are certainly considered to be a secondary part of the main item of clothing, and therefore, since the main item of clothing has become Tomei with Tsara'as, Sorifas Animen, they would be obligated to burn the fringes, these parts on the side of the item of clothing as well. It's forbidden to cut off those parts, just like it's forbidden to cut off any part of an item of clothing even if the Taras wasn't on that exact part, since the entire item of clothing needs to be burnt, this too is included. On the other hand, Nira Nimin, if the Taras appeared on the part of the garment that was the fringes, that's considered to be secondary to the rest of the item of clothing. But the opposite is not true, and therefore only that part would become Tomei and Hasodin Tohar, the main part of the item of clothing, the, the actual sheet, that would remain pure, and he can cut the fringes off and burn those alone. Third and final example of the Mishnah, if a nega appears on a shirt, or a different item of clothing that is similar to that, he is able to save the hems, the decorated hems, and the other decorative parts of the shirt, which are on the edges of the shirt. Even though we just learned that with regards to a secondary part of the main item of clothing, it is generally burnt together with the main item of clothing. And certainly these decorative parts are considered to be secondary. So why is it that they do not need to be burnt together with the main item of clothing, together with the shirt? The answer is because they are made out of a material that is not able to become Tommy with Saras at all. They're not made out of wool, linen, or leather. And the Mishnah adds that even if they are made of purple wool, which means that the material, technically speaking, is one that is fit to have a nega on it, nevertheless, since it has been dyed purple, we learnt earlier on in this perek that wool or linen are only able to become torn with saras if they are naturally white. As soon as they have been dyed, they are no longer able to become torn with saras. So even in that case, although these parts are secondary to the main shirt, since it's made of material that is not able to become tongue with saras at all, it therefore does not need to be burnt together with the rest of the shirt.
Mr. Yudalif, which types of clothes, which types of materials, and we're going to see in a moment that it doesn't necessarily have to be an item of clothing, even small pieces of cloth are able to become tome with tsara'as. Any item of clothing or any piece of material, of course made of wool, linen or leather, that is able to become tome from a dead body, which is a classic, very severe form of impurity. Even though this piece of material is not fit to become tome with Tumas Medras, Tumas Medras is a unique type of impurity that comes from certain people, such as a Zov, and other people who have become tome as a result of certain things that have occurred with their own bodies, as opposed to having had contact with an external source of impurity. And the law is that if such a person supports their weight on a item whose purpose is for supporting the weight of somebody, for example, a chair, even though in general, when something becomes tome from another item, it becomes tome on a lower level. However, in this case, the chair would become tome on the exact same level of an avhatuma, like a primary source of impurity, just like the zov or the person himself who made that chair tome. And this applies to items of clothing as well, since occasionally people would fold up their clothes and sit on them. They're also considered to be items that support the weight of a person. However, that's only the case with regards to clothes that are actually used as clothes. And the minimum size for that is something that is at least 3 by 3 tefachim, which is still a pretty small piece of material. But a cloth, a piece of material that is 3 by 3 tefachim... If a Zov or other people who are in that same category were to sit on such a, or support their weight in any way, on such an item of clothing, on such a piece of material, then the rule of Tumas Medras would apply, and that would become a Avhatuma, as if it's a source of impurity itself. If it's any smaller than that, then it will become a Rishaylatuma, which is one step removed from the original source of impurity, and we've learned elsewhere what exactly the difference is between those two levels. Be it as it may, the Mishnah shows us over here that a cloth which is smaller than that, although we don't necessarily view it literally as clothes, nevertheless, it is included in this category of tsaras that appears on material, on cloth, and therefore mitami banagoim, it can become tome if a nega appears on it. Kagoin, for example, kelashal safina, the sail which is on a ship, although this is obviously big enough, it's at least 3 by 3 tefachim, a tefach is only the length of one's fist. However, it is not designated at all for supporting the weight of somebody. A person never sits on it, and therefore it is not able to become tome with Tumas Medras. Nevertheless, it can become tome with Tsaras. The Shovishel Savocha and some sort of headband which is attached to a hairnet and holds it in place. With Pochishel Sforim and covers for Sifri Torah, a Galgiloin, and a belt, or Tsuris Minel Vasandal, Shiespan Rechav Kagris and straps of different shoes and sandals, as long as they are at least the width of a bean, which is the minimum width that a nega needs to be, even though these last couple of items are smaller than 3 by 3 tefachim, as long as they are wide enough for a the smallest kind of nega to be on them, they can become tome as a result of the negoim which appear on them. Continues the Mishnah, this is a very thick woolen item of clothing worn in the winter, some kind of woolen coat, Shinirabai Nega, on which a Nega appeared, the Nega must appear both on the actual surface of the material which the garment is made out of, and on the wool, because it's very thick, the wool sticks out. 
and the nigger needs to be on the part which protrudes from the surface of the garment as well. And this requirement is learnt from Psukim. The Mishnah ends off by talking about Hachimes v'haturmel, a flask and a bag, and these are both closed with jewel strings. They can be open and closed like that. Nearing Kedarkon, they are shown according to the, the regular way in which they are positioned. That is to say, the coin examines them without unfolding all of the folds at the top where the drawstrings reach. It's true that the bag needs to be opened, but once it's been opened, there's no need for the coin to unfold all of it, and only a negger that can be seen readily visible by the coin when he looks at it, only that can become Tommy with Tzara'as. Nega can spread from the inside of such a bag or flask to the outside, and likewise, from the outside, if it spreads into the inside, that's considered to be like a regular nega spreading, which is a feature that renders it saras. Many understand that this final law only applies to leather items, but if it were woolen or linen, then it would actually be considered like a new nega as opposed to being the original nega that has spread. Begad hamusgar, a item of clothing that is being left for a week, and the person needs to bring it back to the coin at the end of that week, but in the meantime, where there was a nega on that item of clothing, but it has not yet been confirmed and, and declared as definite tsara'as. And meanwhile, shinas it got mixed up with other items of clothing that are definitely fully pure. The Mishnah says, Kulon tahirin, all of the items of clothing will be pure. Because even the one that was that we were waiting for to find out if it was Tomei, it wasn't yet confirmed to be Tomei. It wasn't yet confirmed as Tsaras, and therefore we are lenient, and we say that all of them are considered to be pure. Next case of the Mishnah, Kutsotsoi, if somebody cut up the item of clothing that we don't yet know whether the negat which is on it is Tsaras or not, that Asoi Moichin, and he turned it into very small pieces which are each too small to become Tomei with Tsara'as, they are smaller than three by three finger breadths, Tohar, so all of that would be pure, Umutar Bahanayasa, and it's also permitted to benefit from those small pieces of cloth. On the other hand, Vamuchlot, a item of clothing that was determined and declared to have definite Tsara'as, if it gets mixed up with other items of clothing that are pure, Kulon out of doubt, all of them are considered to be Tomei. Because one of them is definitely Tommy, and un- until we're not, we, we don't know which is that one, we must view all of them as being Tommy out of doubt stringently. And also in the second case where he cut the item of clothing up into many small pieces, we are stringent and we say that Tommy, each of them remains Tommy. The Tommy does not get removed from the item of clothing. Once it has become Tommy, although it's true that in order to become Tommy with Saras, it needs to be the minimum size. But once it has that impurity, even if it is cut into smaller pieces, that impurity remains. And it is forbidden to benefit from those items of clothing. Just like any item of clothing that has saras on it needs to be burned, and it is forbidden to benefit from. The truth is, even a regular item of clothing that we are waiting to find out whether the nega that is on it is saras or not, if it's in the stage of being musgar, that is also forbidden to benefit from. It's just that if it was cut up into very small pieces, then it's permitted to benefit from it. And this isn't unlike an item of clothing that was confirmed and, and declared to have definite saras. Even if that is torn up into very small pieces, they all remain tome, and it is forbidden to benefit from them, even in this current state. 
The next two prokin, the next two chapters, talk about the third category of tsaras, which is tsaras that appears on one's house, on the walls of one's house, and if a negav that appears there is confirmed and declared to be tsaras, then the entire house needs to be taken down. There is an earlier stage at the end of two weeks, if the tsaras, if the negav has remained there, then the stones which contain the negav themselves, they are taken out of the walls. And if later the nega returns to the house, then the entire house needs to be demolished. Just like we learned with regards to negoim that appear on one's body and negoim that appear on one's clothes, kol habotim, all houses mitam ban negoim can become tome with negoim, tsaras, chutz goyim, except for houses that are owned by non-Jews. And this is learned from Psukim, and it should be noted that when the Mishnah says all houses, that doesn't mean any house in the world. The entire concept of tsara'as on one's house only applies to a house in Eretz Yisrael. This also is learnt from a posuk, but the understanding behind both of these laws, the fact that it only applies to a Jew's house and only to a Jew in Eretz Yisrael, is because the whole idea of tsara'as is really an incredible concept and sign of close relationship between Hashem and the Jewish people. Tsara'as comes as a punishment for certain sins, most commonly speaking badly about others, and gossiping, and the fact that a punishment comes at such immediate effect, and a person isn't able to just get away with sinning. This is a very clear sign that there's an incredibly close relationship between Hashem and the Jewish people, such that any sin arouses a reaction, and things in the physical world change. Stones develop these spots miraculously in order to show that Hashem recognizes and considers that sin to be serious, and that the person needs to repent. And according to this, it makes a lot of sense that it's specifically Jewishly owned houses in Eretz Yisrael, which is the ultimate place of connection and close relationship with Hashem. It's specifically there that this tzara'as applies. Halakeach botem goyim, one who buys houses from non-Jews, yeyro'u batchila, any nega that was already on such a house should be viewed upon as if it has just begun. A coin should examine it and treat it as, as a new nega. And whatever occurred whilst it was still owned by a non-Jew is irrelevant. When the Torah talks about um, tsaras on a house, it uses the word bekiris habayis twice. It says that the tsaras appears on the walls of the house. Now, walls is in the plural, which means that we're talking about at least two walls. And since the Torah mentions this twice, that teaches us that altogether only a house that has four walls can become tome with tsaras. And therefore, by its ogol, a round house, by its trigon, or a triangular house that has three walls or less, and possibly even if it has more than four walls, it might also be a problem. And the Mishnah adds that it's also learned from Psukim that only if the house is standing on the ground itself can it become tome with tsaras. And therefore, by saboni bisfina, if the house is built on a ship, or on the mast at the top of a ship, or on four horizontal beams that protrude out of the side of a building, similar to a large balcony. Since that itself is not resting on the ground, such a house would not be able to become Tomei with Tsara'as. However, if it was a square house, it had four walls. That fulfills the first condition that the Mishnah has shown, and the second condition is that it must be on the ground. And the Mishnah says, Even if it is standing on top of four poles in the corners, since at the end of the day those are connected to the house, and the poles are stuck into the ground, it's considered to be that the whole house is resting on the ground, and therefore mitame they can become tome with tsara'as.